It's Success Happens on 930 WFMD, blending business and politics. Success Happens with your host, Jen Charlton. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Good morning and welcome to Success Happens, everyone. It is great to be with you today. I am so honored to have my guest this morning on our show. And I want to just set the stage. And you heard this statement by Biden about election fraud. And, you know, there are people who want to continue the narrative that there was no election fraud 2020 was a fair election. He actually did get 81 million votes from his basement. And somehow they've deluded themselves into believing it. And, you know, anybody who goes pushes against that narrative is treated like a pariah. I mean, we're 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 treated like we're crazy, you know, and when you know what we know. It's undeniable that fraud occurred, and it's not an acceptable level of fraud because they have that narrative as well. Well, there's always a little fraud. It's totally unacceptable. There's a case right now that's just been filed in Maryland. They are going after bringing the evidence in about the fraud right here in Maryland. Okay? So it is real. And I thought I would reach out and I want to shout out to Robin Sachs with the Maryland Voter Integrity Group for connecting us to Dr. Douglas G. Frank. Doug is a math uh, and scientist. He's a physicist. He had 25 years as a math and science chair. He has been published 60 different peer reviews. He has his Ph.D. is in surface electro analytical chemistry. I have no idea what that is, but it's amazing the background that he has and that he's brought that talent, experience, and expertise to bear on looking at election fraud and what really occurred in 2020. And by the way, the point here, 2020 happened. Whether we can undo it or not, he's going to let us know. We'll see. But we must stop it for 2022. And we're getting ready to have a primary right here in Maryland. And it must be an honest and fair election. So right now I'm asking everybody, when you vote, keep a record of your vote. Take a picture. Videotape the boxes. If you see people doing something odd, like stuffing a bunch of ballots in a box, take a picture, take a video, record it. We must have the evidence. This must end now. Good morning, Dr. Frank. Welcome to Success Happens. Well, thank you, Jen. Good morning. Back at you. Great. It has been amazing to watch your work. And uh, you started with the um, scientific proof with Mike Lindell is when I first came to know you. And you've done also absolute interference. So you've been documenting what you've determined and uh, analyzed to be true. Can you start by telling us just briefly your background and how that journey began? Sure. Yeah, I'm a physicist. I've been uh, doing that for 40 years, aggressively doing science and business and uh, consulting. And as part of my 
you know, my my personal explorations as well as professional. I've been modeling elections and epidemics for 40 years, and I always included in my classes. And so, you know, I, it's natural for me during 2020, you can imagine, for me to be modeling epidemics and elections. And all throughout 2020, politicians around the country were asking me for help with COVID so that they knew how to understand it, knew how to talk about it, et cetera. And then after the election, they came back and said, hey, can you help us out with the election? We think there's something wrong with it. And I began my journey in, with elections in 2020, December of 2020, working in Pennsylvania. And the difference about that initial work and what I do now is that in those days, the Pennsylvania state legislature was working with me, not against me. And they provided me great access to logs and data for dating back 30 years. And not just me, there was a a small team of us working in Pennsylvania, and we proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that their elections had been manipulated via their roles. And we'd done canvassing to confirm it and everything. We did so much work that the Pennsylvania State Legislature agreed with us. And this is what people need to understand. They agreed that their elections had been hacked, and they agreed so much that they threw out their entire voter rolls for their state and hired a firm to rebuild that database. So it's not Sorry, like... Sorry, what year was that? What year was that? 2020, December 2020, Got right it. after the election. Wow. Okay, gotcha. And so what was so important about that to realize is, is that they acknowledged that the fraud that we had found. People don't... People say, oh, there's no evidence. No, there's plenty of evidence. In fact, sufficient to convince... Um, the Pennsylvania State Legislature, that we had solved the crime of the century, to quote them. Uh, a representative there, when I showed him my work, says, Doug, he says, you've solved the crime of the century. It's, in other words, we convinced them. It wasn't, it wasn't a matter of, well, you know, I'm on the outside some conspiracy theorist. No, we were there at their request, un- unveiling the fraud that was taking place in Pennsylvania. And that's not the only place where we've had that kind of success. But, of course, you never hear about that in the media. Other media. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you well, hear it here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So then uh, that got me going um, uh, in uh, right after the election. And then until Mr. Lindell made those two documentaries about me, people really didn't know who I was. I was under the radar, and that was deliberate. The, I was in some of the lawsuits going to the Supreme Court, and they wanted it held, my information held for discovery. So... Until the Supreme Court cases got rejected, I was kind of staying under the radar. But then once those were turned down, then I was introduced to Mike. He made the two movies. And then ever since then, I've been traveling the country at great length. It's funny. Um, NPR just did a hit piece on me where they graphed Congratulations. all the places I've been. Yeah, that, you, know, I, you know I'm over target. Right. Uh, uh, they did a hit piece, and they graphed all the places I've been around the country. And I love graphs, so I, I'm very complimented by that. That's <laughs> I've been funny. traveling the country. I've been in person in 40 states now working with grassroots teams. We're really um, doing uncovering a lot of fraud. It's in every state, so, not just Maryland. Hold on. Every state. Doug, let me ask you this. Why, in your opinion, did SCOTUS turn down the cases? Because you guys had the evidence. Yeah, that was they, they turned that down based upon standing, but I really don't believe that that's the, the core reason. The core reason is everybody was afraid of riots and another summer of love and things like that. And I think they were looking for an excuse to turn it down. I, I think if we, we've reconstrued the case, we've reorganized it so that it, the standing problem has been resolved, 
And now all we need are plaintiffs. And we've got several plaintiffs around the country, uh, attorneys generals they are, to sign on to it. And so that case is still in process. It's a complicated process, but it's still in, in the works. Okay. So let's go to what you discovered and what you share about. And everybody, you really should watch Scientific Proof and Absolute Interference. I highly recommend you you view these documents. And, and they are video documents of evidence. So di- you discovered an algorithm, algorithm that manipulates our election. Can you explain that, please? Sure. Um, computers are dumb. They only do exactly what you tell them to do and nothing more. And I'm a programmer, so I get this, right? And I recognize certain things, and it led me down a trail when I started looking at the election data that allowed me to back figure out what was going on. And, you know, sort of like if I give you the answer to a mathematical equation and you work it back to the, you work the equation backwards, I was able to do that. And because I figured that out, I'm able to go into any state. I've been to 40 states now. I look at one county in that state because every state has its own set of parameters. And when I analyze that one county, then I can predict the turnouts in every single other county. And what do I mean by that? I can tell you the number of 18-year-olds who voted, the number of 19-year-olds who voted, number of 20-year-olds who voted, all the way up to 100. In other words, 83 different numbers I can predict in every county in that state. Now, why is that important? Well, that's not natural. If if the, the elections were natural, then you would expect to see different turnouts in old communities, in new communities, in black communities, in white communities, in green communities. You would expect to see different relative turnouts by age. But you don't. They're precisely the same, ridiculously the same, like parts per thousand the same. It's, it's, it's too accurate. So that, that first discovery led me down other roads. And since then, I've discovered several other patterns that cannot be natural. And, and so all that really does is it proves it's circumstantial evidence that uh, algorithms are manipulating the outcomes of our elections. Then after we, after we do that, I'm able to then produce lists of doors to knock on. And when we go knock on those doors, we're able to find that there are people who voted who don't exist and people who are dead who voted and people who moved away 10 years ago who voted. In other words, once we know that how the computers are manipulating the votes and the ballots, then we can back figure out who they used to do that manipulation. And that's why that's really um, the core of my message. I show people that the, that the elections have been manipulated in every county in the United States, not just, not just Maryland, not just Pennsylvania. Okay, so that, that begs the question, Doug. Who did that? There's the head of the snake. Who is responsible for the overarching scheme and implementation of changing these algorithms to a to a standardized methodology to flip the votes or 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 fabricate the votes? Good question. Um, we have lots of evidence when we also have whistleblowers. So I can tell you the answer and then I can give you the evidence. The answer is um, Zuckerberg, Soros. CTCL, uh, a group of big tech billionaires. And there's, there's a, a video on lindeltv.com called Your Wake-Up Call. It's narrated by Colonel Phil Waldron, and he kind of describes the group 
that is doing this. But the hard evidence, the evidence that I could point to and show you and say, see, this proves it, is that we have the logs. I mean, one of the nice things, remember, I mentioned in the early days I was working in Pennsylvania. We have the computer logs from Pennsylvania showing the manipulation of the roles and who was doing it. And when we first discovered it, I was surprised. 80% of the manipulation of the roles in Pennsylvania was done by, get this, the Hillary Clinton campaign. Oh, now that's a shocker. It, it, it is kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm a naive scientist. I didn't expect all these politics, but it's 2020, right? I was expecting 2016. I would have expected it, but not in 2020. But it's still going on, in other words. And then Rock the Vote and about 30 of their partner organizations were also involved. So that gives you, that's evidence there. Then you can go back and look at the um, Wisconsin state uh, testimony that we did in December 8th last year in a formal committee before the legislature, where we showed that the CTCL, the Center for Tech and Civic Life, that Zuckerberg and Soros money flowing in, some people call them the sucker bucks, flowing into every county around the country, that the CTCL deliberately developed a ballot harvesting operation in Wisconsin and Texas and several other states. So that's, you want to know who? There's direct evidence of who. Outstanding. Now, how do we make sure that their butts go to jail? Well, I always like to tell people, you know, like in World War II, you have to win the war. And then once you win the war, then you can have the Nuremberg trials and then you can have the public hangings. And the problem is it's very difficult to prosecute the cases during the war because the people you need to prosecute are, are in leadership. And so, you know, they run the courts. So it's you got to win the war first. So that's what we're doing now. We're concentrating on winning the war. And the war is the American public needs to understand what happened to them and take action. You know, I how, can't do, you how, many, how do Americans take action? Because the first thing they do is start attacking us for being violent while BLM is out there burning stuff down. Yes. Um, everybody makes the same mistake at first, including me. We assume that if we go to the leadership and show them the evidence that they'll do something about it. Well, that's not correct because the leadership likes the way the system is right now. You know, what's the first rule of government? You never, ever, ever give government power because if you do, you never get it back, not even for three weeks to flatten the curve. You never give them power. And what's happened is our governments now own our elections. And they, uh, you know they own it because you say, hey, I'd like to see this or I'd like to see that. And they tell you no. They won't give you access to the information. You have yes. to like be sneaky about it, or you or you find a clerk that's willing to help you. Yeah, it's and, too late. You know, you know, at that point, yeah. you the communism mentality, which is where we are right now. We have a communist mentality already in government. To your point, because they're going to dictate to us. They forgot that we dictate to them. They work for us. That's all screwed up. Let me ask you this: yes. Can you do the dis- distinguish the difference for us? between ballot harvesting and ballot trafficking? So ballot harvesting is when you follow, let's, let me just give a simple example. You follow the, UP, the UPS, I'm sorry, the USPS truck as it's making deliveries and take the ballots out of the boxes. Or you go to a rest home where 20 ballots have been delivered and collect them. You, that would be ballot harvesting. You're, you're gathering up. Ballot trafficking would be uh, when you've got them in your hands and let's say you give them to a mule. 
who deposits them in boxes. But there's a third way, too, you didn't mention, and that's some people just print the ballots. And, for example, in uh, Wisconsin, Milwaukee County, they received 120,000 more ballots than they mailed out. So you know that there's just a printer somewhere printing them out. And, you know, that's somewhere in between <laughs> trafficking and harvesting. All right, very good. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to go to Wisconsin. The 120,000 increased ballots over what was mailed yes. uh, that came in. My understanding is China printed ballots. Did they do that in the 2020 election? I don't have direct evidence that China printed the ballots, <clears throat> but I do have direct evidence that China software from Huawei in China was manipulating the algorithms in our machines. Uh, About 90% of the internet recordings that we have, I didn't mention those yet, but that's what got Mr. Lindell involved with us from the beginning, was that he was given about 100 terabytes of recordings of internet activity from November 2nd to November 6th, 2020, showing showing this manipulation going on. And that's um, very, uh, it confirmed what I had found. In other words, I was surprised that I could predict everything in a state. And I would, I had started out assuming it was just, you know, a few states, but no, it's every county and every state. And then I meet Mr. Lindell and he shows me his, his internet recordings. Some people call them PCAPs. They're not exactly PCAPs, but that's okay. It's good for short. Um, he showed me his PCAPs and that's 3,009 counties worth of recordings. And the recordings have the usernames and passwords for all the election machines and election officials. It's quite revealing. It shows that the it's evidence that our elections were being hacked and tracked during the election and confirms what, how could these algorithms be operating. Well, that's how they were connected. Okay, so in the instance of China's interference, yes. hacking and tracking, that yes. constitutes an act of war, does it not? Absolutely. Okay. So what is it? Somebody said to me the other day, and I really got it. Like, what if you were in the middle of World War II and you didn't know it? I think we're in the middle of World War III and we don't know it. It's called a color revolution. You're exactly right. They're taking over our country without firing a shot. Okay. So we're at war. China mucked with our election. The leadership is in on it. That makes them traitors. Working with the enemy. Okay. So we got a hot mess. All right. Let me go to destruction of evidence. We know that they destroyed evidence uh, in several instances. Can you talk about that? And what is the remedy for destroyed evidence? Because there's something about spoilage of evidence that I've learned. But I just want to understand how does that impact the 2020 evidence? election and will we ever be able to rectify it if people are out there destroying evidence great question on august 20th uh in springfield missouri um mr lindell is pre premiering a new movie called selection code and that movie is essentially about tina peters she's the colorado mesa county colorado election clerk that i met with in april of 2021 and this deals with destruction of evidence. I met with her, and I started showing her how her election was being hacked. She wasn't quite sold on the idea yet in April. And so I, um, you know, we did some canvassing there to confirm it. But but she was convinced enough that she asked me, what do I do about this? And I said, well, you better back up your systems, because 
when Dominion comes in to reprogram your machines, they're going to erase all of the logs and all of the software that was operating during the 2020 election. You don't want to lose that evidence. She agreed. We sent in teams of people to record. And this is not like you're just backing up your files on your computer. This is a forensic image, it's called. It backs up every bit and byte on a machine. We did forensic imaging of her election machines in, in April before the election. Then Dominion came in and reprogrammed the machines for their May election. We then made forensic images again. Then they had their election, and we made forensic images again. So if you think about it, we have evidence of exactly everything they're doing in the machines. And that's what this movie selection code is about. So in that case, they can do whatever they want with the machines now. It doesn't matter because we've already got all the evidence. Now, they could destroy ballots, you know, or paper records. Um, And, you know, federal law requires them to keep that for at least 22 months. You know, federal law doesn't say you have to destroy it after 22 months. It says you have to preserve it at least 22 months. So around the country, there are many legislatures that are saying we're going to keep it a little longer because there's all this controversy about it. It's it, think about how suspicious it is. Oh, yeah, it's 22 months. Everybody destroy your evidence. You know, that's not a very good way to increase transparency and and increase trust in our elections, is it? <laughs> I mean, they they should keep the evidence, especially given all the controversy surrounding well, in the, the case of, election. You know, we're up against the clock here, right? 22 months is around the corner and they're slow walking uh, for your yep. requests. MPIAs yep. here in Maryland aren't being satisfied Key questions aren't being answered because they're waiting the time out for that 22-month delineation. And, oh, by the way, the legislature is filled with a bunch of communists. So they don't have any interest in doing what's right and fair for the people. Um, And that alone is evidence. (laughs) Yes, indeed. So, you know, when people destroy this evidence, though, and we know that they've done it and they've mucked with the election, this is a felonious act. Why have they not? Now, some people have been arrested. We know that the mayor, one of the mayors in Arizona, she was arrested. Now, that was more in the case of uh, uh, trafficking and harvesting. So there yeah. are some arrests happening. But when you go to that hierarchy of this, the, the, the scheme, if you will, and it's, you know, yeah. this is so discouraging to me that people call it a conspiracy theory to diminish right. the impact of what has happened is that China and others in cahoots with them from within our country, right. plus Zuckerberg and, and uh, Soros, who are enemies of the state, they have worked together. And to call that a conspiracy theory and not want to know is like an ostrich sticking their head in the sand. I don't understand how people can tolerate it. And that's more of a commentary. I don't know if you have a thought about that. Well, I do. And, you know, I've met with hundreds of legislators now across the country and dozens of secretaries of states and attorneys general. And I've noticed some things. A lot of them don't even understand the election systems. So what happens is I sit down with them, explain it to them. And once they understand, then I can show them how they're being hacked. And I've red pilled many legislators, uh, most notably um, Speaker Robin Voss of Wisconsin. I had a private meeting with him where I showed him his own evidence. And he walked out of that private meeting and stood in front of 10 television cameras and told the world there's widespread fraud in Wisconsin. That's not a theory anymore, right? That's not a conspiracy theory. That's the leader of their house admitting to the world that they've had widespread fraud in their state. 
Now, the the key moment for him <clears throat> was when he said to me, you know, early in our discussion, he says, Dr. Frank, he says, I just, I just can't believe we have fraud in our state. And I'm like, well, how could you think that? You've got the Gableman report. You've got all the evidence we've gathered. And he said, well, we've done recounts in multiple of our counties, and all the recounts came out right. So I, I just don't think there's any fraud. And so I had to teach him something. I said, sir, it doesn't matter how many times you count the cash in the register. What matters is how many of the bills are counterfeit. And at that moment, he finally understood that it's not the ballots, counting the ballots that's the fraud. It's the stuffing of the ballots. In other words, they aren't there. There's a bunch of paper in a stack, but they aren't from who you think they're from. They're printed externally, they're harvested, they're trafficked. They're not real ballots from real people, and that's the problem. And so, in other words, he didn't even understand that until I went over that with him. Yeah, it is it's it is a lot. I, I, will, I will say this. This is complicated. It's incredibly complicated. So to not understand it is understandable. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it these really are is. Legislators. Yeah, you know, and, these are legislators. And, and one of them said to me one time, he says, Dr. Frank, can you please explain it simply? He says, we went into law because we can't do math. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I... He says, so I try to avoid all the math explanations. I try to just stick to the basics, you know, like the like the cash register example. And then <clears throat> when you do canvassing and you can show that, that there are 100 people in a county that are dead who voted, you know, that's pretty compelling evidence. You know that somebody's been tinkering with things. And you don't, you don't have to get too fancy with the math. Well, let me the also say this. The math is useful. The, you yeah. know, that's premeditated. You'd have to actually oh, yeah. do your homework to understand yeah. who's dead in order to have them vote again. You'd actually have exactly. to do that preliminary analysis. Yes. So that, to me, constitutes the, if you will, the conspiracy. But uh, I, I just really, yes. I, I thank you so much because this has been a wealth of information that I think that our listeners really wanted to understand the issues and uncollapse them because it's gotten so uh convoluted through uh the various frankly fake news that has has um disassociated or just uh uh what's the word i want that has just made it um not valid you know they've invalidated it and it's it's just it's just shocking um let let me make it simple for your listeners if you'd like yes um The way they're stealing our elections is before the elections, they inflate the voter rolls. And then during the elections, they hack into the machines and track the tallies. That tells them who's voted and who's not voted. So they know who to stuff ballots for and how many ballots to stuff. And then after the elections, they clean up the evidence and hide the evidence. So it's basically before, during and after. Those are the three basic steps. And one of the ways people can understand that they've inflated the rolls is there are eight states for example, that have more people in the rolls than they have voting age people. So you know that can't be right. So, And then you know that during the election they're stuffing ballots. How do you know that? Well, they've got 2,000 mules. It's a simple way to see it with your own eyes. And they're harvesting ballots, and we've got plenty of evidence of that as well. And then after the election, you know that they're hiding the evidence because we can show that they're removing voters after the election from the rolls to hide who they've assigned those ballots to. So it's a pretty simple way to describe it to your friends. Before they inflate the rolls, during they hack and track so they know who to stuff for and how many to stuff. 
and then afterwards they hide the evidence. So in essence, what we are dealing with is a cyber war that's Precisely. been an, an attack on our country yep. to uh, dissolve our constitutional rights that results in a takeover by another country, socialism, communism, ideology. Yep. And we, we, the people, will no longer have our freedom, our voice, or our vote. So, guys, this is, this is a very, very serious time for us. And I again tell you, get involved. Become a poll watcher. Become an election judge. Go into the districts that don't have us as voters. And, and go into Baltimore City. Go into Anne Arundel County. Go into these districts where people are so convinced that they're Democrats only. By the way, Baltimore City has had fraudulent elections for decades. This is nothing new for Baltimore City. It's new for the rest of us. But it's been going on there for a long time. The muscle men have been running the show in Baltimore for years. And that's why the, the city's in this condition it is. But I want to wrap up with something. You're going to be here in our great state on the 21st of July. Could you talk about that event? Because I really would like people to know about it so they can attend if they wish. Yeah, what I like to do at these events is... I start big and then focus in. So, for example, I'll show data from across the country and news from across the country. One of my biggest frustrations is that people don't know everything that's happening around the country because the, because the media suppresses it, unlike you. But the, the mainstream media suppresses it. So I, I give them some of the latest news so that they know what's going on. And then I show data for the whole country, and then I zoom in. I microscope in on their their own county. Why is that important? Because, um, as as my friend Tony Shoup in Pennsylvania, she's a supermom there, one of the people working in election reform, says, education is key, but the fix is local. The way we're winning this is not by me, Mr. Smarty Pants, coming in and talking to your Secretary of State. The way we're winning this across the country is local groups are doing canvassing, finding the fraud locally, bringing it to their local clerks, bringing their sheriff into the process, and proving that there's fraud locally. Once you've proven there's fraud locally, you can show the clerk how it's happening locally. Then a local community can say, you know what? We don't want to vote this way anymore because they're stealing our elections. And then that builds from the bottom up, and then the legislators have to listen. Because politicians don't start parades, they join them. So the local, the local teams build, start the parade and build the pressure from the bottom up. And I get to testify to legislators all around the country, not because I'm Mr. Smarty Pants, but because the local groups have created so much pressure that they have to have me in to, to, address, the, to address the issues. It, it's really the way we're winning across the country. And even since December of last year, uh, there was a Rasmussen poll that showed more than 60 percent of the people in the country believe that the outcome of the 2020 election was fraudulent. And those numbers are growing every day. So across the country, that's why my attention is at the grassroots level. So that's what I'm going to be doing um, on the, in the July 21st meeting. I'm going to show the local community what they can do how they can engage, and how they can change the world starting in their own community. 
That is fantastic. Everybody join me. I plan to be there. The information for the event, it's $25 a ticket, is on my Success Happens Facebook page. Please go on there. Follow me. Uh, Go to the event. It's important to be educated and informed so that we can take back our country one vote at a time. So I want to just wrap up by saying thank you so much for your time, for your uh, patriotism, for dedicating your talents and abilities to help us as a nation get back on track. And I believe, I'm a, I'm a hopeless optimist, so I, I believe that we can, and I think it's not going to be easy. And we are all not in this only fight can together. We, not only can we, we are winning. We are winning big time. You, people just don't know it. And that's why the news is so important that I, when I give you everybody the update. Beautiful. Thank you. God bless you, Dr. Frank. We will have you Thank back you. again, I hope, in the near future to talk about some of those successes and wins and uh, where, we're, where we're turning things around. And I think, everybody, you need to reach out to your legislators. You need to put them on notice that we want hand count paper ballots that we can track and there is no internet allowed on these on these systems it just has to be back to the basics you know what we'll get together in the city halls and we'll count our ballots and we'll have fun doing it we don't need machines to do that and muck with our elections god bless you have a great week everybody